share with all of you how we can speak to it. Right? The Bible with, with Jesus in the, in the New Testament, he spoke to a lot of things, didn't he? He spoke to demons, told them to leave. He spoke to people who were sick and told them to be healed. He spoke to a fig tree, and it just withered up. He spoke to a storm, right, and it stopped. He tells us to speak to the mountain, and it will be moved. The Bible talks a lot about speaking. The Bible also says that your words can bring life or they can bring death. I remember hearing from a young couple, and the husband was really, really sick, and the man was, and he was really concerned that the significant other, right, the woman, was going to get sick as well. So, like, they called me and asked me to pray, so I'm praying. And the next time I hear from him, he's like, oh, I th- she hasn't gotten it yet, but I know she's going to get it, and she's going to get sick, and I'm, like, coughing all over the place. And I kind of got upset at one point, and, you know, like, y'all love me. And I, I said it very nicely, but I'm going to speak to you the truth, right? <laughs> Somebody just said the other day, like, you're very honest, Mary. I'm like, well, I'm not, not going to patty cake around, right? Just to oversee you, right, in a sense, spiritual sense, so if you come to me and ask for prayer, and you say, like, okay, pray for us because, right, there's this sickness in our house. I'm going to pray that she doesn't get sick. And I said to the man, I said, stop speaking death over her. Why do you keep saying she's going to get sick when you're asking me to pray she doesn't get sick? Speak the truth. Speak what we're all believing for, right? And so then he kind of got it. And he was like, you're right. I'm asking you to pray that she doesn't get sick. I'm going to speak life over her. Even though I'm sick, I'm going to get better quickly, and she's not going to get sick. Guess what? She never got sick. I was like, yes, God is good, right? But here's the thing. Like, we can speak over our situations. Now, there's all this debate. You know, does, when I say something, does it actually change what's happening or, or what's going on? And part of it is we know there's a quantum field around us now. Uh, it's hard scientifically. This is kind of a new science to understand the quantum field. Most of you that are about my age remember quantum leap, right? And Sam Beckett would, would go through these quantum things where, where time doesn't matter, right? With this quantum leap, he was able to go to different places on the world in different time eras. Now, what do I mean by quantum field? What the, what the scientists are finally beginning to understand is that there is a spiritual realm, there's a realm beyond time and space that they can't understand, but they can, they can kind of start to understand it with some of the technology we have, okay? So when we speak to something that we can't quite see, we're speaking to that spiritual realm. We're speaking to the angels. We're speaking to the demons that are in that spiritual realm that we can't see, but we know is there, and science is beginning to, to calculate and to show on different scientific things that there is a quantum realm. There's something beyond what our physical eyes can see, like a fourth dimension, right? A different dimension that we can't quite understand. So here's the thing. When we speak to that, things change. Jesus says, what you bind here on earth, you bind in the heavens. What you loose here on earth, you loose in the heavens. He talked about angels. He talked about spiritual things. He talked about it all the time. He says, your, your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits in high places, you know, I could look at that and say, he's talking about this quantum realm that the scientists are trying to help understand. But when we speak to that realm, we're not only speaking to the spiritual sense, we're also speaking to our spirit and to our soul and to what we believe and what our, where our faith stands. Now, some people have taught this over the years to say, like, oh, you know, like, 
just say it, just say it and believe it and, and just forget reality. Now, obviously, we have to, we live in both realms, right? We live in a spiritual realm, we have a spirit, but we also have a physical body, we're in the physical realm. So I'm not denying reality, but I'm going to speak to what I want. Does that make sense? Like, okay, if I was in a car accident and I broke my leg, I physically am going to go to the emergency room and I'm going to let those doctors work on me. But spiritually, I'm going to be saying, in the name of Jesus, you know, let my blood vessels come together quickly, give the hands of the doctors wisdom, you know, and I am going to be healed quickly. This is not going to be a lifelong thing. I'm going to heal up and, you know, with the guidance of the doctors, the wisdom and the supernatural miraculous power of God, I am going to do better. Now, we know scientifically they've done lots of studies, and they'll say people that go into surgeries praying with a positive attitude, they'll, they recover quicker. They don't know how to explain it or understand it, but they've literally done studies like that. They've done things like have a doctor operating on people, and the person, you know, they'll talk to the person, and maybe they don't believe in God. Maybe they're not planning on praying, right? But they'll, have, they'll say, do you care if anybody else prays for you? And they say, whatever, I don't care. I don't believe it does anything. And they'll have, like, Christian people in a different room praying for the person the doctor is operating on and then watch long-term studies. And the people that somebody else was praying for recovered quicker. Like, the studies are, like, just phenomenal. What is happening? They're speaking to the, the spiritual realm, right, in, in what we cannot see. So when we see biblically all these times that Jesus says, you have to say it. You have to speak it, right? You have not because you ask not. Ask, and you shall receive. Say these things. What we see is that something is changing. So I wanted to do a little series here and uh, throughout the rest of this month, um, aside for next Sunday. You're going to hear me talk about speak to it. And then each Sunday, I'm going to talk about different situations in our lives, right? Because we can speak to you know, the, the spirit of addiction in our life, right, and tell it to go in the name of Jesus. And that's one aspect of what's going on. But we also have other aspects in our life, right? So there, Jesus spoke to, you know, told the demons to leave, but then he also spoke to the physical healing the person needed. Then he sometimes would speak to the storm, and other times he would speak to the person and bring peace to their hearts. So when we have a situation, it's not always the same. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at all the different ways Jesus used his words to speak to something. So this week, we're going to look at the storm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 23. And it's just a short passage. And many of you have probably heard it before, but it's really awesome. Let's look at this. It says that, you know, Jesus and his disciples, they had been preaching. They were in an area. And then it says in verse 23, then he got into a boat and his disciples followed him. That was Jesus, right? So Jesus got into a boat. His disciples followed him. It says, Suddenly a ferocious, furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Now that's some peace, right? <laughs> that's, that's some physical exhaustion of a man who has had a hard, hard day. Can you imagine being in a boat and literally waves and waters coming in around you? You're being tossed around and you can sleep through that. And I just told you right there that he's supernatural, right? Because <laughs> most of us would be like puking over the side of the boat. I would be, you know what I mean? Like, and I've been on a lot of boats. We boat every summer. But when the waves get really, really choppy, ugh, not good. But Jesus, he, you know, he's God. So he's just like, oh, fine. I haven't fulfilled my mission yet. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm, he's sleeping. He's like, I'm tired. Says the disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. 
what are they speaking? They're speaking out their fear. They're speaking out what they think is going to See, you speak out what you think is going to happen, right? If you think when you leave here you're going to McDonald's, you probably already spoke it to your kids. After church, we're going to McDonald's. You spoke what you know you're going to do, what you believe is going to happen. They're speaking what they believe is going to happen. We are going to drown. We are fishermen. We've grew up by the water. We're on, we've been on boats our whole life. When you've got a storm this bad and you're filling up, we're going to drown. That, that's what's going to happen. So they're letting them know, we're going to drown. Disciples, but they're saying, save us, because otherwise this is what's going to happen. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Now, see, I'm kind of sassy. I'd be like, because uh, the waves are coming over the side. Look around you, right? Like, you know, I say it like it is. Like, you're asking me a question. Why am I afraid? Because I think I'm going to die, right? How many times do we do that, right? Like, why are you so afraid? But he says to them, you of little faith. See, their faith determines the words that come out of their mouth. That's interesting. Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? See, in that moment, they began to realize that he was not just God of the physical bodies and the Jewish people that they would go and pray for and heal and, and, and see miracles with, but that he was actually God of the entire earth, that he was God of the storms, that he was God of the waves, that he was God of the water. And they were completely amazed by this. And that's when they began to question, what kind of man is this? Right? This isn't just a man. This is something beyond being a man. Even the wind and the waves obey him. But what we find interesting is that he spoke to the storm that was nobody's fault. Sometimes you guys have things in your life that's nobody's fault, didn't do anything. Right? Sometimes we have things we did do, right, and cause problems. But most of the time, you know, sometimes it's just something that happened. Like when COVID hit. That was a storm that wasn't any of our faults. If your job situation changed, if your living situation changed because of COVID, that was just a storm, right? It wasn't anybody's fault. And he simply told it to be calm, be still. When we see there's another passage where one of the other disciples talked about this. I love how the other disciples said, Jesus was asleep on a cushion. I love that. I'm like, whatever I feel like, okay, I need a rest, I need a little comfort. I'm like, well, Jesus used a cushion, so it's okay if I need some comfort, right? But he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Do you know that there's like over 300 different passages in here that talk about being afraid? Literally, it says, do not be afraid. I'm like, wait a minute, why is that not a commandment, but do not lie is? He says it the same way, do not be afraid. Just like he says, do not steal, do not lie, do not be afraid. So if he's telling us not to do it, it must mean that we have the ability to not do it. Right? You have the ability not to lie. That's why you're told not to do it. So if I have the ability to not be afraid, how do I do it? And he says to them, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? So the question is, how do I increase my faith? So then that way, when the storms come, I don't respond and speak the death over me or the situation, but I can speak in faith and tell it, just be peaceful, be at calm, right? We need that faith. We see here in Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 through 21, 
there's this boy, he's, he's, he's demon-possessed, he's causing, you know, he's got his physical problems. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has su- su- seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water, and I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and said, why couldn't we drive it out? That's huge. They're saying, normally we can. We've done it every other time. You showed us how to heal people, and we've been doing it. But in this particular case, we couldn't figure it out. Why? And when Jesus heard that they couldn't, he says, this perverse generation, these unbelievers, his disciples, who have been healing everybody else. He replied, Jesus replied to them, because you have so little faith. They had enough faith for all these other healings, for all these other situations. But when something really big comes up, all of a sudden they couldn't do it. And thankfully they asked him, like, why? Why couldn't we do it? And he says, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, for us, who haven't been, you know, walking alongside Jesus for two years and have learned how to just say in the name of Jesus and somebody, we've seen the healings happen— This is hard for us, isn't it? It's hard for us just to read this and say, like, okay, Jesus keeps saying that if we have just enough faith as a mustard seed, if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's tiny. It's really little, little teeny tiny seed. saying if you just have that much faith, you can move mountains. Now, you know, we're not thinking of physical mountains per se, you know, but many of us have mountains in our lives. What are some mountains in your life? What are some fears? What are some addictions? What are some struggles? What are some relationship issues? What are some ways you react consistently that you don't like and you don't want to react that way anymore? What about self-doubt? See, a mountain is something that is big and large and is really hard to get over or around. It blocks your path from where you want to go. So some of us have these mountains in our lives, and Jesus is saying, if you just have faith, you can move mountains. So faith is required. I'm not going to have time to go through all of this today. Obviously, we still want to do communion. And I'm going to get back to it as the month goes on because there's so much more to this. But I want to show you, just it's real quick. Most of you have probably heard it. In the NIV, it says, um, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Um, a classic way I, we used to say it when I was younger with the King James, New King James, says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do I increase my faith to be able to understand what I can even speak to? Well, number one, you've got to hear it. You've got to see it through the word of God. And that's why you come to church and you have the preacher show you like, hey, look, this is how God rescued David when Goliath was against him, right? This is how, you know, Jesus rescued the disciples in the midst of a storm. And you hear the word of God, and it gets down in your heart. The Bible says that what you put down in your heart comes out of your mouth. 
So faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the more you read it, the more you hear it, the more it's understood and, and the message comes to you, the more you have the ability to speak it and have this faith. See, faith is like a muscle, right? If, if you have a muscle and you never, ever use it, right, it's going to be small and it's going to be little and it won't be able to lift much. But everybody has the same opportunity to strengthen their muscle, even if you just start by lifting up a can of green beans every day, you lift those can of green beans, right? And then you, all of a sudden you get up to a five-pound weight. Then all of a sudden you get up to 10-pound weight. Then all of a sudden you might have a big, huge, muscly arm, right? And you can lift things and you can do things with it. It's the same arm and the same muscle that you had when you were 10 years old, but life and experience has made it grow. So we says that every man has been given a measure of faith. So we all have faith. That seed of faith has been planted in all of us. But just like a mustard seed, you actually have to plant it in the ground. You have to water it. You have to fertilize it. You have to protect it, right? You have to till up around it. And that's how a plant grows. So just like the seed of faith has been put into you, you have to nourish it. You have to water it. You have to protect it. You have to till up the things around it that want to stop it, right? The cares of the world, right? The, the, we, there's a passage where Jesus talks about when this word of God is planted like a seed, right? Satan will come and try to steal it away when the birds come and eat the seed. Or there could be rocky ground and that prevents the roots from getting down deep. Or there could be weeds that grow up around it and thorns and it chokes it out. See, you all have been given a measure of faith. And with that faith, you can speak to a storm. The, there's another great passage when they're in the boat. And we see it in the book of uh, Matthew 14. And basically, in the midst of that storm, it doesn't say that Jesus st stopped the storm. Let me read it to you real quick. It's Mark, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So this is a different time, not the one I read earlier. This time, though, Jesus stays on the land and sends his disciples ahead. It says, After he had dismissed the crowd, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, but it was buffeted by the wind, by the waves, because the winds were against it. So he's up on the mountain, and he can see his disciples in a boat trying to get to the other side, and the waves and the wind is against them. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Here we go again. Our natural human response in a bad situation is fear. We just need to recognize it. We need to be aware of it. When you feel afraid, that is when you need to have faith rise up. We need to cry out to God. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. We hear that again, that do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. What I love here is they were afraid, they were in a bad situation, and Jesus came to them. But he didn't yell out immediately and say anything until they acknowledged him. See, what happens is most of us, we get into a bad storm, we get into a bad situation, and Jesus comes to us, he's there, 
He's the silent guy standing in the corner waiting for you to ask for help because he's that gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. And what we need to do is in the midst of a scary situation, in the midst of a bad relationship, in the midst of hard time, when we're afraid, we need to recognize God is with me. His word says, he will never leave me nor forsake me. He is here with me. Will I cry out and ask for help? So when they cried out to him and said, hey, if you're here, help me do something impossible. Right? Peter said that to him. Help me walk on the water. If it's you, let me come out to you. And then he had enough bravery to go do it. Sometimes in the middle of a crazy situation, you're mad, you're doing whatever, and you say, God, I know you're here. What do you want me to do? And he says, I want you to love this person instead of, you know, giving them anger. And you're like, oh, that seems impossible. If it's really you, though, I'll step out of the boat. Right? Or maybe he says, you know, I know your job, just whatever. I want you to apply to this place. Oh, that seems impossible. And sometimes we walk on the water and everything's great. And other times we get out in the water and we realize that we're out here at big waves. And we get scared and we begin to sink. Doesn't mean we fall down. Doesn't mean that we drown. Not if we cry out for help. It says, Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came towards Jesus but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. So he took his eyes off of Jesus. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, we have faith in what he's able to do with us. We're okay, but he began, it says he began to look at the waves. And then fear creeped back in. He began to sink. And, but he cried out, Lord, save me. When you're out in the midst of the storm and you begin to sink because we're human and we look at the waves and we get afraid, cry out to Jesus and say, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him up. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Then they climbed back into the boat, and the winds died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So, again, we hear Jesus saying this again, You of little faith. What do we do when we don't have any faith? If we look here in Mark, we had this, this boy that had... Um, this demon possession, and the disciples were having a hard time. He's explaining it to Jesus. We see this in Mark. It's another account of what happened. Um, in verse, Mark chapter 8, verse 20, it says, So they brought him when the spirit that was in the boy saw Jesus and immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. And he fell to the ground, and he rolled around, and he foamed at the mouth. So everybody standing there is seeing this boy sick, seeing this boy have a seizure. And that's when fear creeps in. They're seeing the midst of the storm. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, the father answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Isn't that interesting? The father knew Jesus healed, and he went through all the motions and actions of actually taking his son and traveling to wherever he could find Jesus at. It wasn't like he could hop into a car with a son that's, I think he said he was around 12 years old or so, like a boy that's big, you know, when he's having seizures, probably had to carry him, get him all this effort to get him there. And then he's having a seizure, and all he sees is the storm, and he just says one negative word, if. And Jesus picks up on that. He's trying to teach us a lesson. He says, when you say, if I can, that's doubting. We speak to the thing by having faith. If 
you can, said Jesus. Everything is possible for one who believes. Now, this is most of us. We believe, but sometimes we doubt, especially when we're seeing the storm. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. It's okay to say, I believe, but sometimes, right, I doubt. Why? Because we're human beings. Jesus knows this. That's why he kept trying to encourage us. That's why he kept doing all these lessons. That's why he kept trying to show them this. And we can be like that father and saying, I believe, Father, but help me overcome my unbelief. Help me when I'm in the middle of a storm and I just screwed up and I don't know if I'm worthy. Help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. It's okay to ask him to help you. We need to stop this negative thing. Well, I didn't say the right thing, so now God won't help me. No. I didn't say the right thing, but God can help my unbelief, and he can still have help me. I just have to ask him for the help. And sometimes I have to ask again and again and again and again. Don't stop asking. It says, the spirit shrieked, right? Well, when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. He says, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Now, see, he was Jesus who could just say it. For us, we would say, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. The spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. So... I don't know what your week is going to enthrall, right? I don't know what storms might come up. I don't know what fears might come up. Sometimes our storms are all just in our head. You know, a famous uh, preacher has book series and preaches on this, and it's called The Battlefield of the Mind. Because for many of us, it's just mind. You know, maybe it's the same situation. Everybody's going through COVID, but in your mind, right, there, there's this problem or there's this issue. When you're struggling in your mind, you can call out to God. Help me. Help me with my unbelief. Help me read the Bible verses that will encourage me. If you have a smartphone or internet, you can go down to the library and do this. Type in there, like, let's say you're really struggling with, you know, uh, peace or understanding what heaven is or, or understanding who Christ is. You know, you can find books on that subject that help explain it. You can find Bible verses on that. You know, you can literally just type in, you know, heaven Bible verses and click search and there will be websites that pop up that will say 50 Bible verses about heaven. And you can print that, and then you can go through it and go into your Bible and look up each Bible verse, and that will increase your faith to know that when I die, I know I'm going to heaven. And this is what heaven is like. So not only ask for help and talk to the elders and the leaders of the church to help you and pray with you, but you can also go to God's word. God's word is very powerful. I'm going to have the ushers come up and go ahead and we're going to pray over the communion. And we're going to get that ready. But I just want you all to be encouraged and to know that you can have faith even in the midst of a storm. All right, why don't you guys hold that there. All right, let's pray over them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I consecrate this bread and juice for Holy Communion. Father, may your Holy Spirit fill it in the name of Jesus. We pray and remember and trust in you today. Amen. So they're going to hand these out. Feel free to peel off the top layer, which has the prepackaged um, bread wafer. 
So then that way, no one's touched your items. This was all prepared 24 hours before, so that way nobody's touched it in the last 24 hours. Communion is a way we increase our faith. Because we are remembering what Jesus did on the cross. And we know that his word says that what he did was not only to bring us salvation for our sins, and so we can go to heaven when we die, forgiveness of our sins, forgiveness of our iniquities, those struggles that we deal with week after week. But it was also says that by the punishment that brought us peace was put on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So I don't know what your storm is today. It might be you need a physical healing. It might be a relationship issue and you need more peace. It might be an addiction and a struggle and iniquity in your life and you want deliverance. But when we take communion, it is one more way our faith is increased as we go to God's word and we see his deliverance. And we are reminded and remember what he did. Let me pray for all of you as you finish getting ready. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus gave us an example that we can speak to the storms in our life, that we can bring peace and calm when things are fighting up against us, and that you will be with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. When we feel like we're all alone, you're there. We just need to ask for help. And when we do step out in faith, and then, and then, then we see the struggles again, and we fall again, all we have to do is ask for help, and you will be there with us. Help us with our unbelief. Help us this week as we take time to read your word or to be encouraged um, by, by the ministers or by the elders as we are prayed for with different situations. As we cry out to you and as we pray and ask for help, answer our cry and be with us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Take the bread. Father, we know that Jesus' body was broken, and punishment was put upon it to bring us salvation, to bring us healing, and to bring us peace. Help us to apply all of what he did on the cross to our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Verse 27, it says, Then he took a cup, and when he had given it thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which has been poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us take the cup. Oh, Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for your sacrifice so that we could be forgiven and made new. As we remember what you did and as we take this, we receive your peace, your healing, and your forgiveness. May we be a new creation in Christ in this moment today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope all of you have a wonderful week. That as any storms may come against you today or tomorrow or this week, that you just speak to it. Speak in the name of Jesus for peace to come and God to give you the wisdom as to how to handle it. Amen? Amen. Don't forget the blessing shop is open after service and the drive-thru giveaway is today from 3 to 4. God bless.